Kokorongo ki te tangi a te kori mako Ko rero flowing a te hoka force Ko papa relevant, ko papa out of bounds Ko papa exigent, ko papa paramount Nga ko nga whakapiri mai ki te Ko papa tino whakahira hira Whakarongo pi kari kari mai Hare hare mai, o tari ngā hare hare mai We gotta gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kane kane move that body Kane kane move that body E ngā iwi katoa, tēnā koutou. Kia ora mai, kia ora mai. Ae, hoki mai ki tā tātou punua pāho, taringa e rere atu ana, e mihi atu ana tēnā koutou. Here we are again, folks. Got uh, te pua heiri here with me. E kei snow. Kia ora mai, honoured. Broadcasting from te ipuro under the auspices of te wānonga o te aroa from te awamutu. And it is our pleasure to be here again with you all, our listeners. And this is episode Torutekau Mātahi Ehoa. Wow. It's a lot of episodes. A lot of episodes. Imagine the, the amount of mātauranga that's been shared so far. Definitely. It doesn't feel like I've done or we've done 31 yeah. episodes. There have been a lot of people that you've had on, on the show. Yeah, you're Some, one. Yep. <laughs> but the calibre of person that Prauna and others have been able to interview on the show, at this moment I find an untapped resource for a lot of people. So if you know anyone that haven't heard it yet, um, get them along to listening to them. SoundCloud, Tika. iTunes as well. Yep. yep. Tika, SoundCloud, iTunes. Just type in Taringa in the Google, Taringa Te Wānongo Te Aroa, and all the places you can listen to it will come up. And in those 31 episodes, or this is 30, episode 31, the past 30, we've asked you on our Facebook page, and there's been some interaction there, if you've had any questions or whakaro thoughts on what we can talk about. So we're going to look at one of those partai after Once Upon a Timer. Once Upon a Timer. Kiwaha. We've got a kiwaha and it's mahi tikana. Mahi tikana. Mahi tikana. Mahi tikana. Uh, yeah, three words, mahi tikana. When you say it all, get the roll on, it's mahi tikana. Yeah. When you want to sound cool, you say mahi tikana. Mahi tikana. And mahi tikana means very good, excellent, yep. great. Yep. A literal meaning means the work is right. Yep. But it's a higher praise than that. So when you do something well, mahi tikana ehua. And this comes from the, the Northland lot. Taitokerai. The court you, north of the wall. North of the wall. North of, north of the shore. North of the shore. <laughs> <laughs> This always reminds me of the Tanifaro series I've done. Oh, yes, yes. Um, for our listeners, I've done a series for Fakata Māori called Tanifaro, which was a lead on from Kofaro, uh, Quinton Hita. Mm. Still available to stream too. Yeah, that's great. Eh? Another great resource. On Taitokere. Kuya Komato of both regions, yeah. So, yeah, I got the ring one day to do this TV show. I don't know why they wanted me, but yeah, they wanted me to do it. And I met Quinton and then. Um, Kahurangi, Te O Kahurangi, Karen Waka, she was the producer. And we had a real awesome crew. Don't use that word much, but it was. Yep. And um, one of the fellas on there was Mr. Sarich, Woodenry Sarich. Oh, yes, yes. And he used to say mahi tikana quite a bit. Actually, it was a bit of mahi tikana. <laughs> yes. And um, I ended up saying it a bit too. And I think we've talked about that. You know, you end up naturally using the language of the people. Of the people, yeah, yeah. Speaking with, say, so, uh, I have fond memories. Say, so, mahitikana. Ah, mahitikana. Mahitikana. Kuna tata te kiwa hetiwi muteneira mahitikana. Three words, mahitika ana. But you can hear the flow 
Alas, puahiri again to exemplify it. Uh, mahi tikana. There you go, mahi tikana. You may even hear the H go missing sometimes. <laughs> mahi tikana. Mahi tikana. Mahi tikana. Mahi tikana. Yeah, so there you go. Ko huri ki kaupapa, once upon a timer. This is one of the other famous kōrero, iroto i te ao Māori. Yes. I don't want to let too much out of the... Out of the bay, I thought it might be, but some parts might be a bit R eighteen. No, they're not. It's not R eighteen. It's not R eighteen. It's where your it's where your mind is. Kwe na hoki, hoe no e te iwi, fakarongo mai. Once upon a time, there lived a rangatira by the name of Kahungunu, who was born at Tinotino Pa in Orongotea, later named Kaitaia. At a very early age, he appeared to have taken a leading part in advising and managing systematic operations both on land and at sea. When his father and his household was driven from the north, he was taken to Tauranga, where he grew to manhood. He was tall and handsome, and renowned for his charismatic leadership. He supervised the planning and building of entire kāinga, the irrigation and drainage of cultivations, the gathering of kai, and the arts of diving, carving, tāmoko, raranga, and waka building. As well as his industrious nature, Kahungunu was a restless traveller, curious to discover new lands and people. Fueled by a quarrel with his half-brother, he decided to head south, leaving behind his first wife, Hinetapu, and their children, Tamateaiti, Haruatai, and Poipoto. As he continued his long journey south, Kahungunu met and married several other women and had many tamariki. In Fakatane, he married Kahukura Waiaraia. Pōtirohia was the child of this marriage. In Opotiki, he married Te Hautāruke, their three children were Rākei, Whakatau, and Papake. In Whāngārā Mai Tawhiti, he had two children with Ruarauhanga, Ruaroa and Ongomaire, and still he remained restless. While visiting a pa on the hill Titirangi, above the Gisborne Harbour, Kahungunu noticed smoke rising from a large settlement inland on the opposite side of the Waipawa River. Ehika. See that smoke far away over there? Mm-hmm. Who does that belong to? Where's it coming from? I'm um, pretty sure that's from Papoya, the power of Ruapani. Ah, Paya, Ruapani. Mm. The undisputed ariki of the Turanga district. You know, he descends from the most senior lines of Pawa and Kiwa, the captain and high priest of Horautawaka. Neha. Kaore. I didn't know that. Yeah, why do you want to know anyway? You thinking of moving on again? <laughs> Kamutupia. I feel it's time to move on from here and find some more new whenua to sow my seeds in. <laughs> I think I'll pay them a visit. I'd like to meet Ruapani himself. Aye. Heko na mai ehika. Safe travels, my friend. Kahungunu made his way to Popoya, and although arriving unannounced, his demeanour and garb were unmistakably those of a rangatira. Kahungunu, haromai. 
Welcome, we have heard so much about you and are delighted that you can join us. We've been needing a strong and knowledgeable man, Pena Yakwe. Tena, Let me introduce my Tora, Ruareretai. Hmm. Tena koe, Hine. Tena hoki koe, Kahungunu. Nice to finally meet you. We really need help with our Kumara patch. Haramai, let me show you. Kahungunu soon became a very useful fellow to have around, helping to improve how the people of the pa planted, harvested and hunted kai, and collected kai mōna. He also taught them how to carve and make waka. Before long, he had settled amongst the people of Popoya. Kahungunu, your guidance to our people and impact on our pa, e mahiranga tiratera. I am so delighted with the help you have given us that I offer you Dua Reretai's hand in marriage. Please make her your wife and she will in turn keep you happy. They went on to have a daughter, Rua Herehere Tsieke. But after a time, Kahungunu tired of the settled life and started travelling again. This time, he proceeded to Whareongaonga. Here, a lady named Hinepuariari, a daughter of Pa Nui, fell in love with him. A case of love at first sight. Kahungunu reciprocated and the pair became man and wife. As the news of the marriage spread, the woman of the district came to congratulate the bride. I have come from the Mahia Peninsula to offer my congratulations. You must be very excited. How are you faring with your husband? Kare hoki tērā te hanga o takutāne, kare e rūpeke mai ana, tākoto noa mai te nuinga i waho. Ka mutu pea. What she had said was, the remarkable thing is that the treasure of my husband could not be admitted and the major part of it was obliged to remain outside. This, of course, referring to the manhood of Kahungunu and the overwhelming length she was struggling to deal with at bedtime. This remark reached the ears of Rongomai Wahine. She jokingly and challengingly replied, Nā te mea nōra, he kōpua pāpaku. Mehe mea e takamai ana ki te kōpua hōhonu ārapa, e tūhera atunei. Which meant, it is because it is a shallow pool. Should it have fallen into the deep pool of Rapa, now opening towards him, it would have been lost out of sight. Kahungunu continued in this pa and also married his wife's sister, Kahukura Waiaraya. Hinepuariari had two children, Porfiro and another, while the second wife also bore two, one named Tuaiti and Pōtirohia. Although Kahungunu had seemingly settled down at Whareongongo, the news of the deep pool of Rapa had reached him, and as he continually heard reports of the beauty, rank and prestige of Rongomai Wahine, he prepared himself to journey further down the coast in search of a fresh conquest in the realm of love. However, when he reached the home of Tawapata at Nukutaurua on the Mahia Peninsula, he found that Rongomai Wahine had just married Tamatakutai, a skilled woodcarver. This did not deter Kahungunu, especially as his own eyes told him that the stories of the beauty of the noble ancestress Rongomai Wahine had not been exaggerations. 
Ezra's reputation preceded him. Just like all the places he had previously visited, he was welcomed by the local people and quickly set about using his skills to both impress the people of the pa and also cunningly discredit Tamatakutai by persuading the people that the gathering of food was the most useful accomplishment that a man could have. Ehikama, we need to gather fern root and lots of it. Five of you, go up the hills and dig around the edge of the forest. And you four, collect it from the diggers and bring it over to me to make a big pile. And you four, collect it from the diggers and bring it over to me to make a big pile. I need one other person to collect me some akaturihanga. Who is willing? The villagers responded to his organisation immediately, and after several days the aruhe were collected. But what he did next surprised all that were present. Ooh, kamutupia. This is a decent sized pile. Aye, plenty. Let's divide it into small bundles to carry back to the village. <clears throat> taiho, taiho. I have another way of getting it down from there. I'm going to tie it up like oh, this. Oh, And now watch this. Shouldering the heavy burden alone, he carried it to the edge of the cliff above the pa and rolled it over. It shot down the hill like a landslide, blocking up the doors of the houses. This showmanship had the desired effect on the woman. Oh, you gave us a fright, Kahu. I thought that was an earthquake, but look at all this wonderful fern root right at my door. Kia ora. Kahungunu got inspiration for his next move from watching some shags diving into the moana in their search for kai. As he watched from the cliff, he held his breath while one of the birds stayed underwater. At the same time, he counted in his head. Pepetahi, peperua, pepetoru, pepefa. And so on until the birds reappeared. After about 10 experiments, he found that he could hold his breath much longer than the birds. Okay, I'm going to show you how a real man collects kaimuana. But first, I need a long rope and a kafu to hold power. Alright, kia ora. Now, whaimaikinga toka. Attach the rope to the basket and fill it with rocks. Now, throw it into the water. Okay, good, good. Now, as I dive, when I signal, pull the basket ashore. Empty the power and then throw it back into me. He commenced diving and repeatedly filled the basket with the favoured power and the people pulled the baskets ashore, throwing it back again as he instructed. He repeated the feat until he had sufficient kaimona to feed the whole power. During the last dive he placed the power on his body, where they remained by suction. Wading ashore he was found to be literally covered with shells and he presented the delicacies to the woman. Ah, paia! You had so much power that you stuck them to yourself. Kamutu Pear, you're pretty good at this kai gathering thing, aren't you? Kaorehe paenga i a koe. Mohi o koe. I bet these power taste even better from having been on your beautiful body. I'm well practiced and more than happy to bring my skills to feed your bellies. May I ask one favor as you prepare these power? For you? Anything. Could you keep all the power puku aside just for me? They're my favorite part of the mataitai, and I'd love to have a whole dish of them. Of course, Kahu. I can do that. Kahungunu gorged himself on the power and puku. 
And that night, he slept at the back of the sleeping house while Tamatakutai and Rongomai Wahine slept near the window. At about midnight, Kahungunu found himself full of bad wind, which of course was due to all the power he had eaten. As planned, he crawled over to the sleeping pair, lifted their mat and discharged an almighty butter under their covers. and pretend it wasn't you. That stinks. Did something die in your puku? It wasn't me, Rongo, I swear. How do you know? You were asleep. Who else could it have been anyway, eh? There's no one else here. I would know if I let something like that out. Plus, I wouldn't dare do that in your presence. And worse, under our covers? Oh, man, that's horrid. I must have done it accidentally. Well, next time, go outside. I don't want to smell that. Sorry. They ended their feud unsatisfactorily and rolled over. Kaungunu waited until they were once more asleep and repeated the offence. Awakening once more, Rongomai Wahine railed her husband. Ugh, again? Really? Sometimes I think all you're good for is eating and farting. It's not me, Rongo. Uh, why is it always my fault anyway? How do I know it wasn't you? How dare you! You think I'd be capable of creating something as foul as that from this heavenly body? I'm sick of this. I'm going to sleep the rest of the night at my mother's. Fine then. I'll have the bed to myself. In the morning, Kahungunu installed his final part of the plan. He went to his favourite spot on top of the cliff and saw there was a good sea running and he noticed that his rival Tamatakutai was preparing his canoe for the sport of Whakahekengaru or riding on the crest of the waves. Kahungunu watched until he had twice witnessed Tamatakutai put to sea and ride to shore on the waves. Then descending to the beach, he approached Tama. Hey Tama, that looks fun. Can I ride with you? Aye Kahungunu, haramai. Sit in the front and I'll steer from the back. After two wave rides together, Kahungunu asked to be allowed to steer the craft so the men changed places. Kahungunu took the canoe well out until they saw a big wave rolling towards them. Here's a good one, let's go! You reckon? Come on, we could do better than that! Just catch it anyway, we'll get a bigger one next time! Woo! They went ashore on the wave but paddled well out to sea again, further into the surf this time, waiting for an even bigger breaker. Here's the one for us bro, come on! You sure Kahu? That looks a bit big! Yeah, but it'll be a fast ride, bro. Just hold on and paddle. They caught the giant wave, and as they were carried along swiftly, Kahunini pulled his steel and pedal sideways, causing the canoe to capsize and be swamped with water. The common account of this event is that Tamatakutai could not swim and immediately drowned. But there is a lot of doubt and mystery surrounding this, and suggestions that he was in fact killed. No inquest was held, and Kahungunu the provider thus took Rongomai Wahine's wife. His conquest was won, and thus began the legacy of the great Nazi Kahungunu tribe. This was one of the most important love matches of the East Coast. Not only because of the intrigue surrounding it, but because it undoubtedly changed the whole Māori history of the Tairā Whetsi.
Well, I hope you all enjoyed that. I did. Wow. I could see that as a movie. Actually, a lot of our Tupuna stories would make great movies. We see so many great movies. Absolutely. Game of Thrones haven't got anything and or series. Marvel you know? has nothing on us. That's right. We could, we could get Taika to do it, actually. Yeah, it'd be funny, too. Yeah, it'd be funny, yeah. It'd have our humour in it. I wonder what he'd do with this one. I wonder what he'd do with this one. <laughs> it'd be interesting to get some feedback from some of our uh, kahungunu whanaunga out there. Yes. On this and on my wahine. It's different though when you record these stories and put yep. all the effects and things in. Again, going back on some feedback, people enjoy this. Is, I want people that specific, this is their favourite yep. segment of Taringa is the Once Upon a Timer. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember who was telling me. They said, oh, that, that one story that we've done, they've heard lots of other times, but when they heard it like this, they actually remembered it. Yeah. Yeah, it's because great. Because it played like a movie, yeah. like you're saying. Eh? I think our editing team do great creating um, a visual. Tika. You need to create a visual and sometimes it leaves just enough for your imagination to fill in the other pieces. Yeah, there's some bits in this yeah. one that you'll be using That'd your be, imagination yeah. for, definitely. Yeah. Be running wild. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go into one of our part-time, just while Snow's getting it, I am a descendant of... Kahungunu and all my wahine. And Kahungunu is the eponymous ancestor. Some people get eponymous and illustrious mixed up. Yes, yes. So illustrious is. Highly decorated, eh? Yes, highly decorated. That's, a, that's what I can. That's um, what I associate. Esteemed. Esteemed, yeah. Prestigious. Prestigious, yeah. Held in high regard. But eponymous is an ancestor that gives name to. So Kahungunu gives his name, Nati Kahungunu. And while I descend from Kahungunu and from Nati Kahungunu ancestors, I, I don't see myself. I'm not Ngāti Kahungunu. Aye. So I'll quickly read this Pātai out. And thank you everyone for your Pātai. There are some big Pātai coming through and a lot of them we'd probably do a disservice to if we just answer in short. So a lot of them may end up being part of um, Tikanga 101. But we chose this one in particular because it has, uh, a lot of us can relate to it. And it goes something like this. Tēnā korua. I have a question that may trigger some conversation. One that I'd really like to know your thoughts on. I have both Pākehā, Italian and Welsh in me, and Māori blood of Ngāti Tamo or Taranaki. I am often asked, are you Māori? To which I sometimes reply, yeah, a little bit. Is this correct? Some have said I should just say yes, as in you're either Māori or you're non-Māori. But with me and as with many others, I identify with both. What are your thoughts? Mm. Very profound question and probably a question that is very common. Yeah, mm, that is a big part though. So, I have a great times four grandfather, Henry Davis Snowden. He's from England. And I still retain that name, Snowden. But if you ask a lot of people, they say Snowdens. Oh, you're from Ahipara. Or oh, you're from Whangaroa. Or Kaio. And yes, I descend from an Englishman, but I, I identify myself as Māori. Um, and it's not to say that I, that I disregard that side of me, because you can't and it's a part of you. But it's not who I am. And I guess it's because I practice my Māori identity or I am more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. But it also means that you are allowed to know where you come from. Uh, my grandfather, who is also Samoan, he's a papali'i from Upolu and Mangiangi. And that's the, the kainga there. The, the hapu there is Mangiangi. Mm -hmm. He is Samoan and, and, and I, I, I descend from that as well. But I say to myself, I am not Samoan because mm -hmm. for my own standards upon myself, if I am to say I'm Samoan, I should at least know my real. Maitikan. Yeah, kia ora, tenakwe. And so those are the expectations or, or the standards I have for myself and no one else. And so sometimes people may be in conflict when it comes to things like 
what people may see you as. At the moment, I've got a gollywog, so people may see me as a Māori. And when I have shaved head and I'm clean-shaven, some might see me as a Snowden <laughs> of that ilk. But yeah, that's that's my take on it, my personal experience. I'm of the same whakaro. I think your identity is in your heart. You know, you can take that blood test that seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment. Yeah. You know, and it comes back and tells you you're this much... Irish or this much Swahili or, or whatever. <laughs> Reptilian. But they, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's which identity do you practice and live? Which identity do you live in, I guess? Mm. And same with me. You know, I've got a very Māori last name, Gloin. <laughs> and I'm, I'm different because, unlike you, when I go to a lot of places, or well, a lot of people know me now. Yes. But still, when I meet people first off and they go, oh, hey, what's your um, name, Praone Gloin? Oh, Gloin, oh, Gloin. No, they don't know any Gloins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite a unique name, man. Yeah, very, very, very unique. unique name. Mm. But um, my kuia, taku kuia Māori, so my ma- mother's mother, mm. through her, we've got Irish blood, strong, strong Irish blood. But I don't see myself as Irish. But when I went to Ireland recently, people I met found out that I was a Powers. Straight away they says, oh, you're Irish. Yeah. No, I didn't practice any, you know, drank a bit of Irish whiskey and had a few Guinness while I was there. Yeah, oh, yeah they, they just said, no, you're Irish. Is it the same when we meet someone who's got a bit of Māori in them? Now, is it the reverse? Like if I took the reverse and say, well, you got Māori blood, but you don't practice your Māori tanga. Mm. So again, if we were to reverse that yeah. and say, no, you're not Māori because you're not practicing. And I mean, for them to say you're Irish, mm. I'd deem it as quite honorary, mm. you know, or, or it's a confirmed part of you. Mm. I would say it's their right to. Yeah. It is whakapapa. Mm. One, whakapapa determines who you are. Two, what you do with it, how you practice that. Do you use that whakapapa for a scholarship? Is that the right way to practice your whakapapa? And the only way. Yeah. And then, karekoe he kanohi kitia i ngā marae. So, yeah, what is that? And how do you define that for yourself? Especially now if you're becoming a parent and all that stuff might matter a bit more. Your identity, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I talked about it on, on here on Taringa, but I, I may have, but the kōrero about ahika. Mm. Ahika is the term or kupu applied to those that keep the home fires burning at your pa, at your marae. Yeah. If you return home all the time, you're kete kato ahi, so you've seen there's ahika if you're involved. The next ahi is ahi tere tere, and that's when you don't return home as often as an ahi kao, you're not there as often, but your fire's still burning. Yeah, still not, got a glow. Yeah. yeah. And then there's ahi mahana, and then there's ahi matau. And ahi matau was yeah. when your ahi's gone out. Yeah. So you haven't been home for so long, you haven't been stoking your fire, yeah. haven't put any wood on it. Yeah. <laughs> so your fire's gone out. And a lot of people who have found their identity as Māori are actually ahi mātau. And it takes a while, and some might, might not ever get to ahika. Yeah. Even people that know where they're from, know their marae, their hapu, their iwi, they themselves may never be ahika. Yes, yes, that's right. But they can get to ahi tere tere. And it's what you do to get from ahi mātau to ahi tere tere. The steps you take, say, one is, well, knowing where you're from, and then it's taking those steps to go back to your hapu, your marae, 
that might be way, way off. For some people, they start might be just to meet one or two. Meet an auntie or an uncle. Yeah, yeah. and go for a cup of tea with them yeah. and to start that process, I guess, of returning home. And you'd be surprised how many people in your whānau that you haven't met yet are very receptive because there are people within everyone's whānau that are the holders mm. of whakapapa or, or of um, of the ahika mm. and are willing to take people in to reignite that. Yeah. I believe um, that's not confirmed, but I think it takes about seven generations to be estranged from your hapu or your, or yeah. your marae. And that, that is a reality for assault for a lot of people. And you can think of them as um, terms of enlightenment, so from going... In the dark, to a bit of light, to a bit of light, to a bit more light. Mm. And even that, in the, the analogy of the ahi, you have that internal ahi within yeah. you of yeah. finding yourself and your tōtaha Māori, tō Māori tanga within you is, how is your Māori tanga within you? Yeah. You could apply that to te reo. Aye. Is it ahi mātou? Is it ahi mahana? Is it ahi tere tere? Is it ahi kā? Aye. At the end of the day, it's up to you. Yep. How do you feel when you say you're Māori or Irish or even say you're Tuhoe or Ngāti Manyapoto? Yeah. Or when you say that, do you feel that you're ahika when you say that within you? What do you do to feed your Manyapoto tanga or your Ngāpuhi tanga or your Māori tanga? What are you doing to feed that fire? Or is that fire going out? Is that fire going out? Yeah. It's a known fact and it's statistically proven that for Maiwi Ngapuhi, 75% of us live and grew up outside of Ngapuhi. So, you know, it is a reality for Ahimatao, Ahiteretere. And it's a big question that you could ask yourself. So, talking about that, Prani, you spoke of uh, you are Ngati Raukawa mm. and also Maniapoto. How do you manage those things? I think I have the, I have the same. Well, I've only just recently started saying I'm Ngati Maniapoto. And that's because I know more about that side. I've been going to some of my marae on that side. But before that, I didn't see myself as someone that would advocate for Ngāti Maniapoto, even though I've got strong Maniapoto blood. And because my queer brought us up, even though she was Maniapoto, in her mind, she married Aokroa and she became Ngāti Raukawa. Oh, yes, yep. And that's what she instilled in us. But Kwahuri Teo, yep. Tātere, the other, the other day, was saying, oh, he's got 10 or how many iwi. Yes. But I must say, um, he makes an effort, I should say, in being a kanohikitea or a seeing face in those iwi. And those iwi, wow. Ngāti kahungunu is his um, tāna tahakaha. Right. We say roto i te ao Māori, so that's, you know, that's where his heart is, his life is soul. But he makes an effort to maintain his connections to Ngāti Rangi, where he rangi tāne and, yeah, some of the other iwi. So, same with me with Maniapoto. I'm not that much involved in Maniapoto, but I realise my connections, I'm aware of them. I'm making a bit more of an effort to go to uh, one of our marae here uh, when there's things on there. So, yeah, I'm a bit more comfortable to say I'm Ngāti Maniapoto now because of doing that. Yeah, that's cool. That exemplifies what one can do to strengthen those ties. Yeah. We grew up only knowing my kuya, my, my grandmother's, my mother's mother's hapu because um, as someone put it, oh, you're Ngāpuhi through and through, even that Samoan side of you mm. So we grew up te mahurehure, growing up te mahurehure in Waima on the Hokianga side and then eventually as I found myself more or confirmed my identity uh, I headed to Hokianga and we found out our Hokianga links mm. through my Kraua who had passed away before us so that was a severed tie for a generation of ours and from there Kua Kā Mai Anō Te Ahi o Taua 
tau wahira o Ngāti Korokoro. Mm. Um, comfortable as well over there now. Reigniting those flames. And then to my father's side, who lives, who comes from Rafati and um, Ngāti Kuta Patukeha over there and under Rako Mangamanga, beautiful Bay of Islands. And reigniting those ties as well because even from their generation, it, it's not known knowledge. So it was me and my spade digging up, doing archaeological, digging up the past mm. and finding that side to confirm our identity because mm. then you get to a certain stage in your life and you start asking why, mm. you know, and then that, that opens up another can of worms and I've um, yet to seek my Ngāti Wai side. Mm. But because they're all so in such close proximity, it muddles into one. Yeah. For myself, I've started looking at my iwi links outside of Ngāpuhi. Mm. So I had my great, 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 I think times six, Mohi Tāwhai. Mohi Tāwhai uh, married Hinekoyai of Ngāti Pikiao. People could say that it was a, um, she was attained through the conquests of war as they went through Tarawa, but she spent the life and then we are the result of that. Mm. Our family are a result of that. She was buried up there, up in um, Waima, but in a tomb. Mm. And they say it was to Whakamana tona Taha Tarawa. And so then we also have a, a great grandfather, his name was Kiwi Kiwi, and he was brought up down east coast and then um, was returned back to his home to be the heir of his mana through Pumare who was his half-brother so yeah there's a lot we have so many links within and outwardly, outwardly as well so I find it all very interesting confirms more of my identity mm. that fulfills me knowing where I'm from So at the end of the day, back to our papa. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how New Zealand got pineapple lumps. <laughs> See, I, and, um, as we said, it, this is a big papa. Big papa, yeah. yeah. And, and it requires a wānanga. And everybody's going to have a different take on it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it's in your heart. Mm. And yeah, your practice. And you know, I, I can't remember, but it was a scholar who said, Māori is a frame of mind. Yes. You know, being Māori is a frame of mind with papa. And there's other important factors, yes. but um, I mean, we know there are so many well-known non-Maori who are advocates in Te Reo Maori who mm. live yep. a Maori life. But are they Maori? But are they Maori? Mm. Aye, Hengako Maori, Hengako Maori, Hifakaro Maori. Yes, I think I knew then. You might have some other thoughts you may want to share on our Facebook page, Taringa. Find us on Facebook. Engari, I think that was a good discussion. Yeah, mahi tikana, mahi tikana. Ahoi, noi te imi we will turn Huriaka Kita Tata Waiata, Inaene. And our Waiata goes with our Once Upon a Time Aiterane, because this Waiata is about Rongomai Wahine. And actually, this is the second song about her. The other well known one, Kotiro Māori, written by Tommy Tairima. And today, our Waiata is Tirama Maitoa Tahua, Norere Etiwi, Fakarongomai. Kokorongo mai wahine Tiramama etoa Tsubatora ehine, 
She must have been a looker. Oh man, that's what I was thinking. And <laughs> the other day, Tatere was talking about, you know, did Kahungunu, did any of our tupuna know that they would be sung about, written yep. about, celebrated? They live on in our stories and our waiata, and this was one. Different feel, this one, to you know, my wahine. Um, but yeah, she must have been a looker. Must have been a looker to be, have two songs actually even more. <laughs> We can find the kupu on um, Google. This is one of the waiata composed by the great um, Tommy Taurima. Tommy Taurima, wow. And that's two waiata that he wrote about Rungomai Wahine. I actually thought Piri Shasha wrote this one, but it was um, Tommy, called Tommy Taurima. And there you go, actually this one's got a little bit of a Hawaiian feel to it as well. Yes, actually, now, yeah. If you hear him sing Rungomai Wahine, and I think I've heard him sing Tirama now, he has got a bit of a Hawaiian way of singing. So he spent some time over there, is that right? Yeah, he lived there for quite a bit. I think he went to university there at, at BYU, Brigham Young University, oh, and yes. he had a lot to do with the Polynesian Cultural Centre. That was our waiata for today. Tirama mai tātahua, and that was a waiata tautoko. Just, just in closing, to waiata tautoko and waiata kinaki. I've had some kōrero about it's a waiata tautoko or waiata kinaki when you're on the marae or when you're supporting a whai kōrero. And I've been told you shouldn't use waiata kinaki for whai kōrero. Oh, okay, yeah. Because kinaki is referring to food and just the waiata or even waiata tautoko, just a waiata. Yep. Yeah, but not to use kinaki as relish. Oh, yes, I see. Yeah, because then you could be implying that the waiata is actually better than the whai yeah. kōrero yeah, or yeah. it's the waiata that's made the whai kōrero good or suitable. So to speak. So anyway, that was our way out to Tautoko. And that was our 31st in source storming of Taringa. 31st, wow. Alright. We'll see you at 50. Tika. At 100. And 100. Uh, hoi noko māua tene e mihia tuana. Uh, kia koutou katoa e ngā Taringa o te motu. Thank you again for listening. And if you want to listen again, then just play it back again Mahi at Tiwi. Mahi anō, kia mahi tika ana. Aye, ara, mahi tika ana. You'll hear from us again very soon. Hei kona maira. To listen to more episodes, search for us on your podcast app and subscribe. Taringa, whakarongo mai. <laughs>